I'm Craig Kenneth, a relationship coach and a psychotherapist. Every relationship is different and every breakup is different. Work with me and you'll get professional help on your situation. And if you're in no contact, focused on personal growth, my workbook series, The Knowledge, will help you make changes like you've never made before. Available now at AskCraig.net. Hi there, I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And today we're going to be talking about grief and how it's impacted by your attachment style. Obviously, as you've learned on the channel, people have different types of attachment styles in the way they connect with their romantic partners. And as we teach, we really believe that it's formed in your early attachment, those first couple years with their caregivers. Well, Margaret's got some interesting research on how grief is going to be impacted by which attachment style you are. So this will be helpful for you going through a breakup and understanding what, how this may be harder for you or how it's going to impact you differently than if you might be your partner, because they're probably a different attachment style. Okay. All right. We hear quite a bit about grief because many of the people we talk to are at an age where it's likely for them to lose a parent. And I'm going to talk about this subject a few times, but we'll start with this one. Which attachment style would you guess? Has so, the biggest issue the with biggest grief? Dif difficulty with grief. <sighs> that's a tough it one, Margaret. It is a tough one. It is a tough one. Um, I, I wonder if it's the anxious people but the because I feel like the avoidance would kind of sweep it under the rug, but they I feel like they would shut down more. It would come out sideways somehow for them. You're right. It's the it's the anxious people. Yeah. But they do a a very interesting, um, quickie review of the attachment styles here, and I'll read it to you. Um, say your partner goes out for with friends for drinks. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you have a secure attachment style, you'll probably wish them well. Then spend the evening enjoying your own activities. You'll probably think about them, but in a calm, hope they're having a good good time kind of way. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you're anxious, you will wonder and worry about your partner's faithfulness or safety, mm -hmm. even if you know you're being irrational. Yep. You may struggle not to send messages to them through the night and perhaps become angry or hurt if they, if you don't get a response. Okay. If you have an avoidant attachment style, mm -hmm. you'll thoroughly relish your freedom and be unlikely to give your partner a second thought, mm -hmm. unless it's to hope they stay out as long as possible. Now, this was an article that you researched. Right. What was the name of this article? Let me see. Um, it's by a woman named Leah Broyden, and it's called Which Attachment Style Struggles with Grief the Most? Okay. All right. Um, so... Why? Why why do the anxious people suffer the most? And that's what they conclude, as mm -hmm. both you and I did. As you might expect from this example, people with an anxious attachment style in childhood have the greatest tendency to struggle long-term following bereavement. Mm -hmm. Why? Because what attachment really is about is building what Bowlby calls a lasting psychological connectedness between human beings. Mm 
mm-hmm. a bond that ensures across time and space that exists with one's, within oneself as well as outside of oneself. If you are able to hold your grief inside, mm-hmm. that may not be healthy for you. Uh, we can still be bereft and heartbroken, but we all have a sense of utter disconnection and frightening absence. We miss our loved one dearly, but we can also be into what it felt like to be with them, the things they might say to us, the reliable, warm sense of their presence. And I think people forget about that, that, you know, you're, if, a, if a parent dies, you don't necessarily use your connection with them. They are still your parent. You still have a lifetime of memories about that person. Um, if, they are not, if you weren't on the greatest terms with that person, then there can be a number of other struggles. Um, but bereavement is never easy, and my concern is I see many, many very good relationships break up when one partner loses a parent. And I'm bothered by it because I think that at that, at that time in particular, you, you most need your partner. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to talk about that over a few, over a few presentations here. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, you know, we've talked about being able to hold the picture of your parent in your head. Sure. And many people have responded to that as an interesting thought. But if you can call up a picture of your parent, of your mother or your dad, or whoever else might have been important to you, if you can call up a picture of them in your head and remember what their voice sounded like, it's much easier to grieve than if you can't. But if you can't hold that picture or you don't have it now, looking at pictures can often be very helpful or playing any recordings or films that you might have of them so that you can hear their voice. And that's not bizarre and it's not weird. It's part of the grieving process. Now, it also kind of ties in with how people really, you know, form a relationship with us and bond to what... That's us right. and what we're doing. Absolutely. And, you know, so many of you guys uh, tell me that you listen to the videos at night while you're sleeping. They'll listen to you, right. listen while you sleep playlist. I for, I've been meaning to bring this up for a while. I okay. keep forgetting. Yeah. But I cannot tell you how many times people say, every single night I put you on and I feel comforted. If I wake up and I hear you and Margaret, I am able to fall back asleep. It calms me down, they'll say. Right. And on some level, it's got to be absorbing into our brain, yes, right? Yes, it does. So we're managing to get into your brain. Yeah. Um, in a way that's nice. I hope we are comforting and calming. Um, but of course, if you can call the person's picture up in your head, it's a big help. Oh, yeah. And I learned not too many years into doing this, that if you can't, um, and sometimes I could figure out even if they didn't tell me that they couldn't, I would suggest that they bring in a family album. And then we would look at pictures of the deceased and be able to talk about them. Yeah. But if you can't hold the object, if you look at the pictures and think about the person and maybe do all the things you can to remember them, that can change. Okay? But you don't lose your parent altogether. You had them, you have internalized them to some extent. Um, and they're gone, but certainly not forgotten. But I'm going to go back to this because I don't want to keep hearing that relationships break up because of a death in the family. Yeah. Okay, or specifically the death of a parent. Okay? Yep. All right. Okay, so some helpful stuff for you guys. I hope you guys enjoyed it. We're always looking for ways to share new ideas and information with you guys. And if you have any 
ideas or suggestions, you can always leave it in the comment section. Sure. And we'll take a look at that for future videos. Of course, when you want to get our help personally, just go to my website, AskCraig.net. Sign up for the coaching option that works best for you. I do email coaching or Skype. Margaret is also available for Skype coaching. Yes, indeed. If you think I can be helpful, please contact me. Just click on Margaret on the top of the website to do that. But that's it for this video. I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And we will talk with you soon.